All right. David Jameson, welcome to Hell F and Yeah Live. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. I was just checking my, um, you know, I'm fairly new. Like, I've been doing the podcast for a while, but I'm fairly new to this live thing. This is like my third episode doing this live. And uh, I just started like a Twitter and all that stuff. So while the theme song was playing, I was checking to see if we were live on Twitter because it didn't go live last time. And mm-hmm. I, and I am not, <laughs> um, but for oh, everyone no. for everyone listening or watching, um, we're on face Facebook, uh, Twitch, supposed to be Twitter, YouTube, and PPRNRadio.net. So we're all over the place right now. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, Twitter. I don't get Twitter, man. I just I I, did, I always hated it, and I signed up for it against my like will. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I still hate it. Um, I, I feel the same way about it. Yeah. I, I don't even understand what it really is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just say like a sentence, you know, very strange. Um, so where are you now? Right now I'm in New York City. No, no, no shit. I'm, uh, I'm on Long Island. <laughs> oh, nice. nice. Yeah, real so, close. Real close. We could have done this in person. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what are you doing in New York City? My girlfriend lives out here. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, so I'm out here visiting. So where where are you living now though? Um, most of the time I'm in Indiana. Okay, uh, where I grew up, and uh, since the pandemic, I've been living there. My whole family's there, so it's uh, it's great. Can um, you know, sing with my little nieces and nephews? Absolutely, very nice. Um, so, how's the weather in Indiana? Is it better than New York? <laughs> it's about the same. It's about the same. Lots of snow. Okay, and uh, quite cold, but okay. today is nice. Yeah, sometimes you know today is nice. You know. Sometimes I'm because I'm in a garage here doing this, and uh, it can be pretty cold in here. So sometimes I'm talking to people in like Los Angeles or uh-huh. or like down south or something, and they're like, "Oh yeah, it's like 85 degrees here," and I'm like, "Bastard!" <laughs> <laughs> You're freezing inside. Freezing, freezing. I mean, I got the heater on, but um. So for those who don't know David, David is an American country artist and a washed-up Chinese celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his new album. Tall Dark Pines is available now wherever you stream your music, and you can buy the physical copies at davidjamisonmusic.com. You got some pretty cool stuff on there, too. It's not just like CDs and shirts. You got like you got the CD packaged up all pretty, right? That's literally what it's called. Uh, It's in like a, I don't know, like a burlap sack with like the little rope. Really, really cool looking. Uh, You can even get some. I the number of people that wanted it when I posted it online, so I just. Made it an official thing. For another 10 bucks. I mean, not only is it something cool to have, but it makes a great gift, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, you can get handwritten song lyrics, which that's always really cool. Um, and you can even buy the band of beer or lots yeah, of them. Yeah, my favorite. <laughs> that's the best one. Um, right. I want to do it. Next, I want to do a candle that just smells like a, a campfire and a pine tree yeah. to match the, uh, the album. That's vibe. a great idea. That's a great idea. Like, what was that? Um, like smell a vision, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you go to the movies and yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, they yeah, ha- just turn that on. It feels like you're, you know, yeah. living in the woods and doing things <laughs> outside the law. That, yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm actually going to start this off with a quote of yours. Whether I die rich or poor, I just want to have a good story when I'm done. Uh, so, I mean, you're still a young guy and you've mm-hmm. already built quite the story. Um, so... Let's before we get into all that. Let's go back, like way back. Mm-hmm. Where did you grow up? 
So I grew up in South Bend, Indiana. Okay. The home of Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Did we stay in South? We we took a road trip to Colorado. I think we actually stayed in South Bend for, yeah, for, right for a night for I a couple hours. Yeah. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, be the perfect spots. Twelve hours from here and you know, like seventeen <laughs> hours from Colorado. So yeah, that's exactly what we planned out. We were like, all right, that's not too bad. You know, kind of breaks it up. Uh-huh. Um, although I don't know, man, that was that was a long drive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was a. It is. You know, the whole thing was a really long drive. Um, on the way back, we kind of made it, we kind of went straight. Like, oh, wow. That was my wife's idea. She was like, I just want to get home, you know? Right. And so did I. But so I slept in the car and she drove and I drove a little, you know, she slept. Um, man, I think we, it, it took us like, it took us like a day and a half, you know? Oh my goodness! Yeah, like uh, I think we left ten o'clock from Colorado on a Friday and got home on like a Saturday evening, six o'clock or something. But you know, yeah, saved a lot of it's, money and and time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I did that when I first moved down to Texas, like over a decade ago. I went down with my dad, and we uh, it was like I think it was like eighteen hour drive or something from mm-hmm. Indiana, and so we thought, you know, well, we can just push on through, and so we got there at like five or six a.m. Yeah, and we saved a lot of time, saved some money, but it took me at least a week to recover. It was my like first internship in college, and uh, I would like have to take naps at my desk the first couple of days. <laughs> and and one of the other interns came around, and was like, you know, you know, you you can't be doing that. People are asking questions, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, no, that's. I mean, that's very true. It's uh, you know, it makes you really appreciate planes. When, yeah, for when sure. you take those long trips. Uh, one thing I found kind of disturbing was the lack of places to eat uh, yeah. on the way. Like you think you would think there's like a million places, but they're all closed or, or uh, mm-hmm. you know, you got to wait till like seven o'clock in the morning for them to open up. And we were on the right, road. Exactly. We were on the road on the way there at like two in the morning. Yeah. And it hits like four o'clock and we're like, all right, where's the next Cracker Barrel? Oh, it opens at seven. All right, cool. But now we're dealing with time zones, so we're going backwards yeah. in time. So yeah. four o'clock turns back into two o'clock. You know what I mean? Just yeah. That's why I love going down south because the Waffle yeah. House is always open. Yes. You know we couldn't find it. There was no Waffle Houses on I eighty. Yeah, was, nothing we, in the Midwest. No, we would have been. We definitely would have been stopping there. Um, so, did you grow up in a musical household? Yeah, um, pretty musical. My dad grew up playing music, and he actually wanted to do it. Um, in college, but ultimately decided, you know, he'd have to pay tuition, and uh, and you know, you're not going to pay that back if, if you're studying music. So right. he decided to not do it. Uh, but um, he played piano; like he can hear a song, even my Chinese songs. He'll just listen once, and then he'll just play it on the keys. It's pretty yeah. amazing, right? Um, so, what what was the first record that you heard that made you want to be a musician? Oh, it made me want to be a musician. I mean, the first one I ever remember listening to was like cruising around with my dad, listening to like ACDC. Nice. And uh, and Led Zeppelin. Yep. Like their greatest hits albums. Um, yeah. But when I got, I think, to high school, it was the the height of the emo music scene. Yes. And so I was really into that because there was, there was like a special scene in the Midwest for emo music. Yep. And so we'd have bands touring around the Midwest and 
so being able to see them was pretty cool. And so I wanted to play that kind of music at first. So wow, uh, there's a band, The Spill Canvas. I can yes. still remember trying to learn their songs, which were too advanced for a beginner guitar. Yeah. And I could never sing in their range, even now after lots of practice. Right. <laughs> so I tried my best, but uh, yeah, it, it was a struggle. Yeah, I mean, we all had that emo phase. I definitely had it. And even, I mean, even to this day, I'll still go back to it and listen to it because it's nostalgic, number one. Right. And some of it was really good. You know, some of it, like, mm -hmm. like the originators of it st stuck around. They stood the test of time. You know, there was like, right. like with any other scene, with like the grunge scene, you know, uh -huh. you got Pearl Jam and Nirvana and then, and Soundgarden and then like everyone else you followed. Some of them were good, you know. Mm -hmm. but no one will ever be better than the originals. Um, right, exactly. So when you go back, like, I'm from Long Island, so, like, Taking Back Sunday, they're from here. And oh, yeah. That was one of those bands that not only was, like, representing my my place, um, but they were, like, kind of the one of the originators of, of the scene. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I used to go to, like, every Warp Tour and, and all those things. Nice. Um, it, was, it was a good time. It was a good time for, for music. And, you know, people make fun of it, like, whiny and, you know, sad and all that but listen there's a place yeah. for everything there's a there's a um a scene for everything as well yeah you know? and so, i think in in a lot of ways it's similar to kind of the alternative country music scene now in that they actually tried to do real lyrics of course there's a lot of weird stuff they added in like about vampires and blood and you know <laughs> <laughs> like you had to do that to be a part of the scene but um but it was good lyrics you know they'd tell stories and yeah. Um, even the most poppy bands like Panic at the Disco, like I remember some of their lyrics were like, wow, that's yeah. good. Yeah. But you can listen to pop music today, unless it's rap, there's not really a whole lot of insight right? or kind of story-based <laughs> stuff. That's true. That's true. Uh, well, you know what? I mean, I'm jumping ahead here a little bit, but your album, Tall Dark Pines, uh, is really based on storytelling. What was the inspiration behind the, the album? Well, I think the um, the bulk of the inspiration musically comes from very traditional music, and you know I kind of dove into that slowly, starting from the most recent stuff, like more like bluegrass um, mm -hmm. in its heyday, or even the Grateful Dead, and looking at you know, where do those songs come from, mm -hmm. and reading into all the lyrics, and then tracing it back to uh, the original music that was made in the United States, right when we were first able to record, and before that. And so as I dug into that, that really inspired the way I wrote the lyrics and also created the sound. Mm -hmm. But then the stories themselves were told in a more modern way using older words. And those stories come from more recent events. It's, some of them are based on things that happened in my hometown, like the, the uh, title track, Tall Dark Pines, mm -hmm. was based on an actual murder that happened in my hometown when I was writing the album early in the pandemic. Yeah. And... Um, a lot of the other stories are, you know, from my family or from my my neighbors, friends, or my own life. Okay, wow, yeah, see that, and that's why I like it so much because I love I love dark stuff. I love, you mm -hmm. know, I, this is a, out of context. This sounds weird, but I love murder. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I like I watch all those documentaries, and I'm really into that kind of stuff. And I right. just like the darker side of things. And uh, uh -huh. you know, I'll be honest with you, I'm not the world's biggest country fan, right? I mean, so let me explain. I, you know, it's not my fault. Okay. I grew up, I grew up in New York. <laughs> I don't blame you. In the suburbs. Uh -huh. And I wasn't really exposed to it. And if I was, 
you know, I mean, like besides Johnny Cash and things like that. Um, yeah. If I was, it was just the pop radio kind of stuff. And I was just like, uh, and I'm very open minded when it comes to music. I listen to almost everything. And country has always been one of those genres that I just kind of pushed to the side and never really gave too much attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, during my exploration, you know, as I got older, I came across something called outlaw country. Yeah. Right. Now, I didn't know there was a title for it. Like, I mean, Johnny Cash is kind of considered outlaw country. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever hear of it? Have you heard of outlaw country? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I, but I came across it late as well. I came across it late. You know, I like I stumbled upon like Hank three and mm-hmm. Waylon and, and David Allen Coe and people like that. You know, and I know like some of those artists are a bit problematic, you know, with like some lyrics and mm-hmm. things like that. But you know what? I mean, it's legit. It is what it is. Right. It's yeah. coming, it's coming from a real place. And I think that's the coolest thing about music is that if, it, if it's real, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's coming from a place that, um, you know, is authentic yeah. to, to where they're from. Right, right. Exactly. You know, so that, that's, what's cool about it. A lot of the pop country stuff, I just, it seems just produced to me. It seems manufactured. Right, exactly. It's just kind of a you know? generic thing. Right. We used to joke, you know, it's like have 50 words for like a truck or a beer. <laughs> a dirt road. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And you just like randomly pick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they all sound the same, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and not to say that there's not good artists out there that are, that are, you know, top 40, but it's just not my thing. But then when I hear something yeah. like you, I'm like, oh, this is why I am attracted to this kind of country music because it's it's legit you can just tell it's real Mm -hmm. you know like one of the big guys out there that i really like is chris stapleton you know oh yeah he's 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 legit but Uh he's top 40 but he's legit you know um yeah so you know even though you're like uh, do you well do you consider yourself outlaw country yeah, definitely. Do you label I mean, it like that? Yeah. I always struggle to categorize it, but that's definitely a big source of inspiration. Right. But like you, I didn't know that was a thing until much later. Um, right. When I was reading up on Chris Christopherson, and I, I was like, I didn't know who he was. Yeah. Um, and then I started talking to my uncles and my, my grandfather, and they're like, oh, yeah, he's our favorite. <laughs> and I just had no idea. And because I grew up with a little bit of pop country, you know, like, and then Johnny Cash, Alabama in the early 90s. But um, other than that, really no country at all. I kind of discovered wow. that slowly over time um, on my own. So that that's interesting. So how did you, like, go into your room one day, pick up the guitar, and, like, start playing country? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's it was kind of a slow thing. Yeah. And I didn't really know it was called country. Um, but I always followed the lyrics. Like, the music yeah. I, I always liked had lyrics. Whether it's like Led Zeppelin and I couldn't understand what he was saying and had to look it up. Right. Um, and I was like, oh, <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I've read that. Um, or like emo music. Or um, later I got into rap and um, folk. And that's yeah. kind of where it started with the folk. Once I got into folk, I was like, oh, I like folk, iron and wine. I like the lyrics and the vibe. And so I started writing songs that were much more historically based with kind of pulling in the old language, old style. And I wrote that that way for a long time, maybe a decade before I ever thought about putting this album together. And, um, you know, as I got 
closer to making the album, even though I didn't know it yet. I moved to Texas and I discovered like some of the Texas country scene, in particular Turnpike Troubadours. And from there, I just kind of realized, like, oh, maybe maybe country music is actually what I like. I just don't yeah. like the pop country. Right. And um, so I just kept digging into the country music roots. And then I realized the Grateful Dead, who I loved as a kid, they played a lot of outlaw country. Right. Like almost all the songs I know uh, in outlaw country from being a kid were covered by the Grateful Dead. That's how I, wow. how I knew them. That's interesting. You know, I didn't even really know that. Um, Grateful Dead's one of those bands that I just never latched onto, you know? Um, like yeah. they're massive and you know i know their hits whatever mm-hmm. couple hits they have uh, but i never like dug deep into them so yeah maybe i'm just not it, in the it, phase yet maybe yeah you know i hit a fa- yeah. i hit phases for everything you know exactly <laughs> sometimes i'm in like a death metal phase and it's crazy my wife's like what the hell are you doing and i'm just like i like to explore it you know um, right exactly and it's just it music's based on your mood really you mm-hmm. know i i always thought that um for sure my listening habits change a lot depending on my mood. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like rap is a perfect example of something that I'll listen to constantly and then I won't listen to it for like a year. <laughs> yeah. You know, it depends who's out or, or like a lot of the music, rap music that comes out today. I'm not crazy about it. Um, but there are good things in there. You've got to find them. Um, yeah. who's, who's some of your favorite uh, rap artists? Um. Old well, or new. A whole, yeah. a whole lot of um, newer rap artists, but um, Drake, when he first came out, I really I really liked his lyrics. Yeah. And then I, I read some like in-depth piece on his story, and I was like, wow, this guy's really cool. <laughs> yeah. And so I went on a, a young money kick for like a couple <laughs> of years. Yeah. And, um, and then more recently, maybe The weekend. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, yeah, these days I haven't really listened to rap in like three or four years, I think. Right. Yeah, I know that's that's like where I'm at. I'm, I'm maybe not three or four years, but um, I'm I'm in like a rap drought, you know. Yeah. When, when all else fails, I always go back to like Kanye and things like that. Like he's yeah. he's definitely one of my favorites. You know, I know he's like you know he's nuts, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he's got some issues he, now. He's got he's just a musical genius, really. Right. Um. So, you know, we have to go back to this now. I said this at the beginning. I said, uh, washed up Chinese celebrity. And that's, uh-huh. I'm quoting that from you. You put that on your, your social media right. pages there. Um, so you're, you're in your early 20s at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, can you tell us the story of how you went from competing on Chinese, Chinese Idol, like an American uh-huh. Idol, uh, to a corporate consultant? Back to the life you're living now. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it was, it's, it's kind of weird. Um, I guess, I guess it was more the, the Chinese idol and the music I'm doing now is more of a, like an anomaly rather than the other way around. So it well, started, you know, in, in high school, I really got into Spanish because of bachata music. Mm-hmm. I love bachata music. There's a band called Aventura and another one called Mana. Um, and Mana is rock music from Mexico. And I just love their lyrics and the sound. And so I just listened to so many of their albums on repeat that I just like really got into learning the language. And then when I finished high school, you know, I, I really like learning languages. 
And you know, whether it's English or Spanish, I, I like the wordplay. Right. And so I thought, well, you know, I want to learn another one. When I go to college, I want to learn something that's hard. So I picked Chinese. <laughs> and so I studied engineering and Chinese. And then after like three years, I was like, I couldn't even say my own name in Chinese. It, I was so bad. <laughs> um, so I was like, you know, I have to go over there if I'm going to actually become fluent. Right. Or even like kind of passable. Yeah. So, so I went over there. I dropped out of school for a year. I went over there and, and studied full time for like four months. And when I, I got to the point where I could kind of, you know, do whatever I wanted to, I could talk pretty easily. I got a job in the embassy as an intern. And, um, and then at night I would go play in the bars. Okay. And so every night, three or four hours a night, I'd be singing in you know, a mix of Chinese and English music. And, you know, that created all kinds of opportunities because I'm just hanging out there with all the, all the people, like random people from all over Beijing. And um, one day my neighbor who I had taught to play guitar and he had taught me how to cook the street food stuff, he dragged me along to a tryout for, you know, their version of American Idol. And didn't hear back for a long time, but finally I was back in the U.S. and they, like, I get a frantic call from my friend. He's like, you need to be here tomorrow. I was like, I don't think you know how this works. <laughs> <laughs> 12 hours just for me to fly if I had a flight right now. Right. So I, so I missed his filming um, when he first went on. We were supposed to go together, but he had to go alone. And so I was called back later, and that just kind of kicked off a whole string of first that TV show, then another and another and all kinds of different things. That's crazy. So, I mean, first of all, can you speak Chinese now? Pretty Fluently. Yeah, I can. You I mean, can. It's been a year since I spoke it, but I can speak pretty fluently. Wow. I mean, that's like, to me, that seems like one of the hardest languages to learn. I mean, you, yeah, have, to, sure. you have to relearn everything almost from scratch. Yeah. The There's letters. only two words that are the same, and uh, they're not even exactly. One is mama, like, you know, mama. And right. the other one is baba. Wow. It's like <laughs> papa. <laughs> wow. That's it. That's like crazy. Even brand names are different. Like McDonald's is my Dang Lao. Wow. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing. Nothing's the same. That's that's insane. Um, so I, I gotta know how. All right. Do they like country music over there? Is that is it a big thing over there? Y yes. Um, <laughs> it's kind of strange. Like most of the music there is like this love ballad about heartache. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. Every single song. Um, like that's pop. Mm -hmm. But um, a lot of it's very folk-inspired and guitar-led. And there's, at least when I was there, there was a big subcurrent of folk music that was more or less the same as country. Right. And um, you know, even the way they speak about it. One of my favorite artists in his, there's a lot of like horse imagery, even though he's a city guy living in Beijing. But at the same time, it's very real. He's talking about where he lives in Beijing and all the places he visits and the horse imagery is more of like um, a metaphor for you know not being able to date this girl who's more like a wild horse because right. he doesn't have a big garden and it sounds kind of weird <laughs> in English when I say it out loud but <laughs> yeah no um, you know that, that's the thing about you know sometimes you watch um, TV shows or, or things on Netflix and they're in a different language and you can tell things are just lost in translation. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So maybe it's not a hundred percent what it means, but mm -hmm. it means something, you know, to them. Yeah, exactly. Um, so how far did you get in the competition? Uh, well, a lot of different competitions, you know, some of them I was eliminated immediately. 
Um, some of them I did really well. One of them I got second, so I was pretty wow. excited about that. Wow. Um, I got this gold necklace in a, in a, in a big red case. Right. Um, that was amazing. <laughs> so are you like uh, the... I, I, are you like What's the that? David Hasselhoff of like China? <laughs> <laughs> More like, um, uh, I don't know if you remember this guy. Um, I remember there's a guy on American Idol, like, oh, it must have been like a decade and a half ago. Um, I did watch it back in the day. Like, where he couldn't really speak English. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, was, was he like purposely bad? Yeah, he was like really bad. Like William Hung or yes, something. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, like yeah. I wasn't that bad, but you know, I was more <laughs> I, I think more of kind of like like wow, that's crazy kind of gimmick than like Okay. This is the best singer in China, you know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> like there's a certain place where like one I could speak Chinese really well, so people are really impressed because like the average yeah. person can understand exactly what I'm trying to say. Right. And um and then they're also like, I'm, I'm good enough where like they liked listening. And so it's kind of this like shock value of like, wow, he can sing in Chinese. <laughs> and yeah. so they'd always like, you know, poke fun at me speaking English, try to, uh, speaking Chinese, try to get me to say hard things in Chinese. Can you, do you um, any... but you know, the, the problem is like trying to be you know, a um, celebrity there. And there are, there's a, a guy named David from Canada who's done it. He's older, maybe in his 50s now. And he's made a name for himself doing it. But in general, just like we have difficulty telling people apart that we don't often see, like, for example, Chinese people, when I went over there, I couldn't really tell them apart if they were from the same region of China. It was, it was like, you know, sure. so difficult because the sure. style is so different, the way they style their hair, their clothes, everything. Um, and you're from a region, you look similar. It's like, um, it's quite difficult when you haven't seen that many people from there. Right. And so they also can't tell me apart from the next white guy from America. Right. <laughs> so, so yes, it takes a lot more, uh, recognition and exposure to get, you know, for them to remember who you are. Right. Yeah. It's that whole, like, you know, everybody looks the same thing, but, but they don't, you know, right. Exactly. They, they just don't. It's just, it's, it's, it's strange, but when we think of Americans, we think we all look different, but to other people, we just, we yeah. just don't, you know? Exactly. Um, what's a couple, uh, curse words in Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's, that's funny. I feel like every language, that's the first thing you learn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's one that's like, basically like, fuck your mom. Right. <laughs> um, I'm writing this down by the way. Yeah. And it, it's, it's pronounced. Tao ni ma. Tao ni ma. Yeah. Okay. Tao ni ma. Um, <laughs> but it's it's funny because like there is like somewhat of a you know um what's the word like censorship on what you can say on the internet. Yeah. So you can't actually type that on most websites um, publicly. So you would have to change it to different characters, which actually mean like grass, mud, horse. Wow. So when you read it, it's like it, it says Tao ni ma. But yeah. like the characters actually mean something different, but everyone knows what you're trying to say. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. Yeah. So that's a lot. That's even another level to learn. That's crazy. Exactly. Um, can you say hell fucking yeah in Chinese? <laughs> I, I think it'd be like, <laughs> which is like uh, literally translates to cow vagina. Um, <laughs> wow. But like, I think like, the, B is vagina and yo 
um, can be a cow, or sometimes people refer to the women like that. Right. Um, I'm going to change the name of this like podcast. You might say chicks. Yeah. <laughs> but not mean chickens. Okay. I see what you're saying. Uh, I'm going to change the name of this podcast to Cow Vagina. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> first time that's been said p- here. People, yes. People will know exactly what it means. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, hold on one second here. So what made you leave the corporate world? Now, once you got out of college, you went on and took a job, right? Yeah. So I, I did the Chinese thing and it was a lot of fun, but I didn't really see a future in it. I didn't want to live in China my whole life. I really enjoyed it, but I couldn't really see myself building a career or, you know, dying there right. in my late sixties. You know, I wanted right. to have, be close to my family and my friends and, um, be able to get like really good beer <laughs> um, <laughs> gotta have my IPA. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I came back to the U.S. and put my engineering degree to to work. Worked at GE for a while. Then I wanted to leave the U.S. again, so I applied to a company called McKinsey and went around the world with them. Um, lived in Southeast Asia, Latin America, Europe, all these wow. places. Left for a bit to do a master's in China again funded by this guy from New York City named Steven Schwartzman. Mm-hmm. Um, in his program, he like it's he pays you to go. It's pretty amazing, um, called Schwartzman Scholars. And then went back to McKinsey and, you know, it was interesting, but without all the you know, excitement of traveling around the world and seeing different cultures and learning new languages, it's, you know, I thought about it for a while. I was like, I don't want to hit my midlife crisis doing this. <laughs> this isn't... Um, yeah this isn't the story I'm looking for to like get a corporate job and die. Right. <laughs> um, you know, after 50 years. Yeah. So I, I started writing music just because it was an important outlet for me. And in the pandemic, I had more time. And once I kind of you know, got along with it and got closer, figured it out. I was like, you know, what? I don't, I don't have to do this job. I right. need the time to really focus on the music if I'm going to make a go of it. Right. Yeah. You know, that's, one thing I always say on this show is like a lot of people that I have on here, they've all kind of been created from the pandemic, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I've had like some established people on here that have been around for a long time, but most of the up and comers are just like brand new and they just realized, you know, being locked in their homes last year, or last year, listen to me, two years ago, <laughs> <laughs> which is terrifying, but that was like two years ago. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what they really wanted to do, you know, mm-hmm. and it gave a lot of people the outlet to do that. And I mean, of course, you know, there's not silver lining for everybody, but um, yeah, I feel like with a lot of artists and things like that, it was really a time to hone in on something that has been on the back burner for a long time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I mean, yeah. ha- it, it's crazy that it's even like a, it's a new normal, you know, I hate, yeah. use, I hate using that term, but it's just every day it's you know, masks yeah. and vaccines. And, and I rarely talk about that stuff on here. Um, but you can't help it sometimes. It's like in your face right. every single day. Right. I, I just want yeah. to go away one day. For sure. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm lucky. I was able to, when I quit my job, I had worked for like a decade, no kids, no, yeah wife nothing no one to support and so and my parents you know still had an open basement right so I, I moved back in with them at 30 and they were like for some reason welcoming 
and it was amazing. Good to stay with them and spend time with my sister and her family and my parents. And um, it was super cool. But at the same time, being a musician, you know, the way you make money is by performing. Right. So it's been a weird kind of struggle because like they're my parents are older. My sister's kids are young and, you know, I could put them at risk if I perform. And so it's kind of been this weird um, pull in both directions of, you know, I yeah. want to go perform and I do occasionally, but I also have to be really careful if I'm going to live with them. Right. Yeah. No, I hear you. You know, it's like ever since this started my, you know, this came from the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. Ever since, you know, uh, my wife works and <clears throat> she was able to work from home for, for a very long time. And that's why I was able to do this. Without her, I wouldn't be able to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, we barely go anywhere. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're like, we used to travel. We we used to, yeah. uh, you know, we used to do a lot. Every year we'd go somewhere. And now it's like, I don't even want to. I don't even want to go to the grocery store, you know? Right. Not out of fear or, or, or anything like that. Just like, I don't know. I got a taste of what it was like to um, just exist, you know, and mm-hmm. do kind of what I want to do. And I don't want to yeah. give it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want exactly. to go anywhere. And, uh, you know, I see my family and things like that. But for the most part, I'm not in much contact with people. So um, while I do not want to give anybody anything, obviously, my family, um, I, uh, you know, I just like being – I like being able to just get food delivered to the house. Yeah. Or, or yeah. you know, come out to the garage and do this show or um, – Whatever, mm-hmm. you know, I don't. I don't ever want it to go back. Even though I want the pandemic to go away, is, I, I feel like the world needed to reset. Am I making yeah. any sense of what I'm saying here? I don't know. For but sure, the world did kind of reset in a way, and um, for the best. I, I just try to find the silver lining in it. Try to find the positive things out of it. You know, because mm-hmm. uh, there's not much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. True. Yeah. Um. All right. So, Tall Dark Pines is out now. Uh, a couple. I've been listening to it all morning. Usually, when I get ready for these things, I like to like you know immerse myself in it. Um, a couple of tracks that I really love. I mean, I love the whole thing, but Twenty Five to Life, Tall Dark Pines, and I really love uh, Ball on the Jack. Oh, nice. Which is kind of a change from the album, you know? Yeah. The for album's sure. like very, um, you know, it's it's dark, but it still it still has like a fun side to it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that it really shows on that track. So, speaking of shows, you have an upcoming show February twenty sixth. Is that still on? Yeah, I just uh, just announced that, um, and that'll be in my hometown at uh, a whiskey factory in uh, South Bend called yes. uh, Indiana Whiskey. Right now, that's unplugged, mm-hmm. so full acoustic, and um, that's a, you can get the tickets at your website, davidjameson dot com. Yeah. Um, and I know it's hard to pl- like we were just talking about it, but I and I know it's hard to plan tours during, you know, the apocalypse. But right. is there anything in the in the horizon like next year or something like that? Any festivals or well, tours probably do up? some more um, later this spring, starting around April through the summer. Right. Um, and I've got another show March 10th in Logansport. Nice. The uh, Logansport, Indiana. The uh, I feel like Texas or. Um, Kentucky, they've got these big Americana country scenes. And Indiana and the Midwest doesn't really have it as much, but a lot of people are starting to get into it and starting to promote it. And so I'm also trying to do my part and 
go support the people who are also supporting the uh, the scene. Right. So whenever I can, I get out around the Midwest. Right. Very nice. Um, you ever come to the East Coast? Oh yeah. I mean, besides right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I. I mean, touring. Single show out here, but okay. Uh, I definitely like to, especially it starts to get warmer here. I think yeah. I'll be spending a lot more time. Definitely. Uh, I'll well, be back let me know. Here in May, hopefully, I can find a venue to do a show while I'm here. Very cool. Yeah, come to the come to the island. There's so many venues out here, and uh, you're uh, you're right where you are now. You're about you're about an hour away. So nice. Not too much cool. further. And uh, let me know when you're out here. I would love to uh, check it out. I'd love to see. Yeah, it live. for sure. I will. Um, so a couple fun questions to wrap this up. Um, I say they're fun, but they're actually kind of hard. <laughs> um, you can only listen to one record for the rest of your life. What is it? <laughs> um, oh man, that I know, really it's hard. Tough. I know. Um, <laughs> I feel like I, I do, um, working man's dead. By the Grateful Dead. Nice. I've, I like so many tracks on there, and a lot of those are the ones that kind of introduced me to the style of country. Right. That you know I like now, and um, and the studio recordings strangely are my favorite Dead songs. So uh, I, I could deal with that one for a long time. Right. Okay. Um, you can only watch one movie the rest of your life. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd watch Casablanca. Okay. I've Good watched answer. it a couple of times. I love the music from it. Right. Like I love that old kind of jazz style and um, just like the, the whole idea of, you know, the expat scene there and something I identify with. So absolutely. Um, pet peeve. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I have I like, feel like so my many girlfriend them. would be able to tell you better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um uh, like maybe some, go ahead. what? No, go ahead. Like orange and chocolate. Like I can't stand it. Like, okay. Even the smell. <laughs> it's it's it ruins the chocolate for me. You mean like the like chocolate covered oranges, like stuff like that? Yeah, chocolate covered oranges or just orange flavored chocolate at all. Is, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, I I I'd agree with that one. I mean, it's not a pet peeve of mine, but uh, it's gross. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to cover chocolate. We don't need to cover oranges with chocolate. However, chocolate covered pineapples are amazing. Oh, I don't. I, I would try it once. I'll try anything once, but I don't <laughs> know about that. That seems. I'm telling no you, fruit I've liked so far. So. I'm telling you, you don't like chocolate covered strawberries. They're okay. Okay, but I'd rather have them separate. Well, based on that gauge, I don't. I don't know. You may not like it. <laughs> <laughs> but edible arrangements. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen those. Oh yeah, uh, they make these chocolate covered pineapples. Uh huh. They're insane. There, I would never think it personally that it would be good. Yeah. But it, they're good. <laughs> I eat the whole, well, like, I'll, I'll eat it. all of them. Yeah, they're good. Um, current guilty pleasure song. Like, something you shouldn't like, but you but you do. <laughs> um, something mm, on the radio, like. Uh... That's a really tough one. I feel like I don't really <laughs> listen to any like any songs that i shouldn't be listening to right <laughs> um you, you, I, I one of my favorite songs of all time i have to admit is um is one of taylor swift's earliest songs okay i'm not even sure i can tell you i think it's love story okay 
like I think like the the way she works in the lyrics to that song in particular, it's just amazing. Like she brings in all these things that everyone has to read in high school, like Scarlet Letter, Romeo and Juliet, all these like very basic references that are still meaningful and interesting, and weaves it into a story that everyone can understand and enjoy the depth. Right, which I, I think is very cool. Yeah, no, definitely. I um, you know, she's just one of those artists that just kind of transcends time you know like mm -hmm. when she first came out i don't know i don't even know what, how long ago that was 20 years ago or something yeah <laughs> i don't even know and uh, it was one of those things that i was like oh this will be cute for a minute and then it'll go away right and i mean she's still putting out records and she's you know i personally like wouldn't go out of my way to listen to it but uh -huh. it's definitely great music you know what i mean she's a great writer yeah. Um, and she changed, she experiments, you know, mm -hmm. she, uh, just doesn't stick with the same thing. Each album sounds a little different or has a new element to it. You got to respect that. You got to love that. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. One yeah. of my, one of my idols, um, growing up, Humphreys McGee, I don't know if you listen to any kind <laughs> of music, but they were re really big in the scene. Dude, I had Ryan Stasek on the show, the bassist. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yeah. I talk to him, uh, every now and then, um, uh, he's cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get him back on. I love Humphreys McGee. Yeah, they're they're great. They're so they're from they're formed <laughs> in South Bend. Yeah, and um, you know I grew up going to see them like through high school and later like they were doing big shows around the country, but they still do a show often for free in South Bend. Right. And uh, so I used to see them in local park and then the big local theater and um, you could actually see them play the instruments. And I thought that was so cool. Yeah. And Jake Sinninger, one of the lead guitarists, ended up playing on my first track I ever recorded uh, wow. for like the city of South Bend called South Bend Town, which is not available very many places, no. just on Bandcamp. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I yeah, I love that band. Told me the only reason they've been able to be successful for so long and still enjoy it is that they are always changing the styles and experimenting with new things, whether it's pop or like playing with Billy Strings or Tyler Childers, you know? Yep. They were always yeah. mixing it up. Absolutely. Um, I love their cover album, Zonky. Oh, yeah. That's one of my favorites. That is so good, man. That is the just like... The mashups are insane. Yeah. It, you, I can't feel my dream face, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're just all these songs that you've heard a million times, right? But you, yeah. never, you never put it together that they're like the same song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, just obviously rearranged differently. Um, uh -huh. But like seamlessly put together just amazing right. absolutely amazing um i talked to him a lot about that on the episode actually um yeah they're very very talented musicians my teacher now i take guitar lessons from this classical guy in town and he used to teach jake when he was a child wow and it's like i can't i can't even compare myself jake was <laughs> like you know eight years old playing stuff i'm not even capable of reading yet right <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah they're they're another level. And you know what's, yeah. what's what's funny is they're not mainstream, really. I mean, uh -huh. they're just not. Like, I, 9 out of 10 people probably don't even know who they are. Right. Um, but they're just one of those bands. Like, And I'm not a huge, like, jam band fan, but mm -hmm. there's something about them that's just remarkable, Same. man. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's funny. I just really kind of got into them because of the interview. You know? I start, like... Uh -huh. I, I learn from just by doing this, you know, this is like 
my 70th something episode of doing this and everyone oh, wow. that I, everyone that I meet uh I don't sometimes I don't know who they are at all you know mm-hmm. so I get to learn about them and their background and from that I get like three new bands on in my roster you know what I mean uh, yeah. of things that I listen to so it's really like mind opening to just know that there's people out there that like the same stuff that I do you know for sure and uh, or like-minded and you know I can get something brand new out of it mm-hmm. I can listen to something new that I've never heard before uh, even though I've heard the name I'm like it, you know it's one of those things where let's face it music videos don't exist MTV doesn't exist really anymore right, right? the yep. the radio plays the same shit all the time yeah and the internet while there's tons of great music you really got to sift through all of it it's like endless amount of content, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, even endless. even the end, the days of going to the record store. Are like, I mean, I'm glad record stores came made a comeback and stuff like that. And yeah. uh, I get to go when I can. Um, but you know, there's no the interaction with it has kind of disappeared. You know, mm-hmm. for so sure, it's cool to come across things and uh, get a brand new, you know, a brand new perspective on something. Um, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I had another question here. Oh, all right. I'm going to, you're a nice guy, but I'm going to make you talk shit. Um, okay. <laughs> a country artist or a band you can't stand. <laughs> <laughs> um, man. I mean, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> What's one there's that's just so like, many. they come on and you're like, all right, uh, turn this uh, off now. <laughs> and, and, there's like a whole thing about, I mean, I honestly haven't listened to a, enough of any one artist to say I don't like them right. at all, but just like the style of um, of country, I mean, it's pop country, but when, like sometimes I think they really have good lyrics. Like sometimes they're very catchy or interesting, and but, you know, when it's always about the same thing, but, you know, that, that bothers me. But the thing that bothers me most is the fake accent. Mm-hmm. Like yes. I, I know people who like grew up in places and you know, I, I love wordplay and accents. Like that's something I get off on. Right. And so then I hear these people and the way they talk and then the, compared to the way they sing. And it's like, no, you're just singing like every other radio country singer. That's not what people right. sound like where you're from. Exactly. It, it's like, you don't need to put on this fake accent to, uh, to sing a country song. Right. No, I totally agree. And that's kind of what I was saying before. When when things come from a real place, you know it's legit, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, that's – it's already it's already manufactured and produced, and now you're just making it worse. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, exactly. Just, just be you. Just be you. Yeah. Um, but, of course, there's the whole I want to make millions of dollars thing. And um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's... sometimes they do, you know? Sounds sucks. Nice. <laughs> it does. And then that's that's where I start getting pissed off as someone who really loves music. Um, you know, someone like Florida Georgia Line. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I personally think that it's trash. Yeah. Now they're millionaires and good for them. Awesome. But uh-huh. then there's people like you who actually have something legit and authentic and it's tough getting it out there, you know? Right. So and that's the, the problem of making kind of more unique or more niche music. Yeah. 
when it sounds different, it's harder for people to consume and, and yes. like the first time. Like I remember there was, I think it was like a Jason Derulo song or something. And it was a big hit like 10 years ago. I don't remember what it was. And yeah. then a month after that one came out, another artist released a song that had a kind of a riff on the same melody. Mm -hmm. And so immediately I was oh, I like this song. Oh wait, it's not Derulo. You know, I was like, right. <laughs> it just like piggybacks off the last song that sounded the same. And so everyone likes yes. it. Yeah. I mean, the rare moments I listen to modern radio, like I'll listen, you know, I'll listen to classic rock and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. if I'm listening to like the local, you know, hits radio, um, yeah. I, I don't even know who anybody is. It all sounds exactly the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, the, right now, like female pop is huge and I can't tell the difference between any, any of them. And I'm not saying it's not good. It, it, there's something there, you know, but. I'm I'm really bad at I, it too, but yeah, like other people I'm with, I'm like, oh, this is that one person. I'm like, no, man, this is clearly the other one. <laughs> right. <I'm> like, <laughs> I hardly even know the names well enough to guess. Right. Um, but yeah, it's refreshing to hear artists like yourself, and um, that's why I love doing the show so much. You know, like I said, now I got another fucking record in my bank that I'm gonna love to listen to. It's so good. Um. And again, anybody listening out there, head on over to davidjamisonmusic.com and you can buy the you can buy the physical album or you can download it or whatever the hell, you know? Um, and you can follow David on social media at David Jamison H, right? There's an H at the end? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, one more question. On a scale from one to hell fucking yeah, how would you rate your time here today? <laughs> <laughs> oh hell fucking yeah yes <laughs> hell fucking yeah awesome man um so we're gonna jump off the live and just don't go anywhere all right all right all right so thank you david Th thank you david so much for coming on man and uh i wish the best of luck to you and your endeavors and i hope to see you out you know on a show one day for sure all right i'm going to end this and uh yeah don't go anywhere <laughs> all right